All right, it's time for the Week 6 Blue Rush Preview Show. It's your giant show and podcast for the New York Post and SNY. You're one in four. New York football giants head on upstate to take on three and two Buffalo Bills squad. On prime time for some Sunday night football, is Daniel Jones healthy? Will Saquon play? Joe Shane, Brian Dable, and a couple of your Giants players make their return to Buffalo. There are so many questions and storylines heading into Sunday, and we're going to do you guys justice. So in today's show, we're breaking down the matchup from the Buffalo side of things with Matt Perino, Bills reporter for Syracuse.com. And we've also brought back the player prop bets over under predictions. And of course, we're going to give you guys our final thoughts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Now, when I say we, let's talk about the crew. Let's introduce the crew. Longtime Giants beat writer for the New York Post, Paul Schwartz, and two-time Super Bowl champ, Lawrence Tynes. Guys, how you guys doing going into week six? Doing great, Brandon. Paul, great to see you guys. Um, yeah, pleasant trees are a good thing to have at this time of year. Yes, we need pleasant trees. Mm. We need positive thoughts. It's fall. It's beautiful. It's getting nice in New York and New Jersey. Um, we'll be in Buffalo. Um, you know what? Here's the thing. When the schedule comes out, and I know they're playing Miami at Miami and at Buffalo, my, my first thoughts are let Miami be late and Buffalo be early. Mm. Well, Miami wasn't late, but Buffalo is early, so that's good. Buffalo in October is much better than Buffalo in basically any other time. Yeah, just Giants team can't afford to fall in autumn. They have to go up there, grab themselves some sort of win. They've got to sneak it out. Uh, before we even get into breaking down this game and then get going through the storylines, Paul, can you kind of take us through your practice report? There was a laundry list of Giants players who did not practice yesterday. So uh, can you give us the uh, an update on uh, who's, who's still hurt, who practices, and what you think their chances are for them playing on Sunday? Yeah, it looked much more dire when Brian Dable starts saying, um, you know, we start naming players and he goes, um, nope, uh, no, no, not today. No. And it's like, well, I mean, mm. Darren Waller, not practicing. Um, Wandale Robinson, not practicing. But that's, I mean, Wandale Robinson, I asked him, that was a maintenance thing on his knee. He should practice later this week. Um, Darren Waller said he will practice on Thursday. You know, he had like a little bit of a groin issue. So, I mean, it wasn't as foreboding as it looked. Look, at the top of the thing, it's Daniel Jones, right? Daniel Jones, um, after Brian Dable on Monday, sounded very optimistic. Uh, Daniel's feeling much better. Um, you know, preliminary reports are good. I'm feeling really optimistic for him for this week. And then we show up two days later on Wednesday, and it's Daniel Jones is not practicing. He wasn't even on the field. I mean, the, the portion we saw wasn't even out there. Two years ago, when he had his neck issue and um, cost him six games, he was at least out there throwing every once in a while. So um, Daniel said it's sore. Um, feeling better, but it's sore. Um, he said, yes, it was kind of a whiplash effect of getting hit, you know, and kind of, you know, he said it's a different injury than it was the one two years ago, but it's sore. And it was weird. He said the MRI, uh, we asked him about the MRI and he said, well, it wasn't necessarily negative. Um, I'm not quite sure what that means. I don't know if he meant to be purposely evasive. Um, but look, um, a few days before a game, your starting quarterback is not practicing because of a sore neck. Um, how was this going to miraculously heal and have no soreness in time for him to play Sunday? Look, basically, this is not an injury you can cover up in any way, shape, or no. form, right? You're basically asking a guy with a sore neck, um, you have to be cleared for contact so you can go run into a brick wall and your neck can feel okay um, because that's what happens every game with him with this offensive line and the sacks and things like that. So I would expect Tyrod Taylor. 
All right, so that's the starting quarterback who's still sore with the neck injury. He didn't practice yesterday. What about the starting running back? Giants fans want to see Saquon Barkley out there. How did he look at Wednesday's practice? The limited stuff we see, he looks okay. You know, the, the ankle is still wrapped. Um, he was, um, he was um, engaged in a very um, uh, intense chess match with Leonard Williams in the locker room um, during uh, uh, the locker room session we were there. So I couldn't ask Saquon about his ankle because he was – you know, really uh, staring at that board. Uh, you know, he takes a lot of pride in his chess. Um, as far as, you know, the chess pieces on the field, you know, I don't think he's 100%. Um, I don't think there's any real great sense we must get him back for this game. Um, I, I have no great feel for whether Saquon's going to play or not. If you told me you have to bet $100 on it, I would say no. Um, I just think, you know, he's definitely not 100%, So, and he's not practicing full. He's practicing limited. So mm. we'll see. We'll see what the, um, you know, if he, if he gets any more work, during the week, uh, later in the week, you know, I think maybe the Giants are looking at this as, um, well, look, they want everybody back. Andrew Thomas is not going to play. He's not even out there. So, um, you know, maybe they kind of think it's better for Saquon when Andrew Thomas comes back and Daniel. Tyson, let's talk about this. Break this down from not only the fan standpoint of it, but also a locker room standpoint, teammate standpoint. Would you want 26 to just try and go, at least try and get out there on Sunday night? I think he has to be careful. Um, hmm. Obviously, he, he doesn't have a contract beyond the season. Uh, he doesn't want to go out there and put bad tape in front of the league, in front of everybody to see if he's not 100% healthy. So if I'm Saquon, I mean, I'm going to wait till I'm 100%. I mean, that's what he's going to have to do. To you know, And listen, we'll talk about this later, but there's potential trades later in the month uh, before the trade deadline if he wants to move. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Um, to put a couple, two, three good games of, of, of tape out there for people to obviously want him to make a playoff run. So I, if I'm Saquon, uh, you know, I'm as a teammate of his, I'm just thinking, let this guy take care of himself. We're one and four, probably going to be one and five after this game on Sunday night. Um, there's really, you know, nothing to gain from playing, to be honest with you. I don't even think if he plays, does that help the Giants? I think it puts them in a better position to maybe have a chance, but uh, just overall, they're not good enough right now to to compete with teams like Buffalo. So you could be down your starting running back, and it's looking like you're going to be st- down your starting quarterback. Tyrod Taylor, T2, there's a name that's had success in this league. I threw for a little over uh, 2,700 yards uh, back in 2017. That was his last significant season. Can Tyrod Taylor be the guy that goes up to upstate New York, Paul, and beats the Buffalo Bills? Like, what are you expecting to see out of Tyrod? Well, I'm not expecting that. You know what I mean? Uh, no. I mean, uh, I'm not expecting him to lead the Giants to a, you know, they're, they're two touchdown underdogs. Um, can Tyrod Taylor go in the game and be a competent, professional NFL quarterback? Well, if he can't, then why the heck is he here, right? Yep. Um, this is, this is look, he, look, if, if I gave you, two sets of stats okay and say who do you want as your quarterback um in the breadth of their career now the, uh, tyrod's career is 13 years um you would probably pick tyrod as far as you know tyrod's 26 25 and one as a starter uh daniel is um uh, much much less than that he's 10 games under he's uh, 22 35 and one as a starter tyrod has 60 touchdown passes and 26 interceptions Okay, Daniel has 62 touchdowns, 40 interceptions. Uh, Tyrod's quarterback um, rank rating is um, passer rating is slightly higher than Daniel's. Now he's also 33 and hasn't started a game, you know, in in, in several years um, since well 2021. He got benched actually against the Texans in a 31 nothing loss uh, for the Texans in a 31 nothing loss. But um, do I think Daniel Jones gives them a better chance to win than Tyrod? Yes, I do. But um, Look, Tyrod, his eyes are not going to be too big. They're not going to be too big. You know, he, he, he's a cool guy. Um, here's, what, here's what Paris Campbell um, uh, said about Tyrod, okay? Here's what he said about him. He said, you know, losing our quarterback would definitely be tough. Then again, that's why you have a guy like Tyrod Taylor. Uh, he said, um, uh, I know he's a backup here, but, man, across the league, Tyrod could go lead a team. Um, he's always prepared and locked in. He said, shoot, at the end of the day, he's one of the oldest guys on the team. Uh, he's a vet's vet. He carries himself that way. Uh, he's got a lot of respect, but you know what? He's got to take care of himself. He didn't play a lot last week in Miami and got the wind knocked out of him and almost had to come out of the game. And they don't have a third quarterback. So, um, 
you know, he's got to, uh, you know, uh, uh, discretion is the better part of the valor here because they need him on the field one way or another. Yeah, he's going to have to play well. And uh, if he plays well, I understand. Just think of the vitriol that's going to go down on social media about, oh, Tyrod Taylor should be QB1 going forward Mm -hmm. if he does go and play well, let alone if he goes up there and he beats the Buffalo Bills. But it's great to have a a QB2 like him that has 13 years experience in the league because right now I think he understands the assignment. He understands what's in front of him in terms of what can and can't block for him. And then he understands what's what's on the outside, what's on the perimeter, how to get the ball to his playmakers. So that this is a good guy to have come in, <laughs> but it's it, it's just he's lacking protection right now. But I think that he'll at least go and compete. That's at least what you want to see the Giants do. And we're talking about this Buffalo Bills team that had to go to London. They lost to the Jaguars. Uh, they didn't start fast last week. And if the Giants have any chance of beating this team, they're going to need things to happen. In their favor. So um, when it comes to that offense, you're not really expecting much from the Giants offense. Uh, but at the same time, it's a any given Sunday type league. Who knows what can happen? On the other side of things, Giants defense finally got their first turnover. They got three last week, including a pick six. Josh Allen has played extremely well, and he has weapons uh, going into this game, healthy weapons going into this game. Tynes. Is there, I mean, Ken Dorsey versus Wink Martindale. Obviously, Ken Dorsey has the weapons, but do you think Wink Martindale and the Giants defense can at least put up a fight Sunday night? Oh, yeah. They can put up a fight. But listen, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams are going to have to show up. Kayvon Thibodeau, I think, has played pretty solidly all season. But, guys, go look at the numbers. The number one cap hit on this football team is Leonard Williams. He has half a sack and, like, four pressures. That's not good enough. Dexter Lawrence has zero sacks. The guys you pay the most money to are the guys that have to produce the most on the field, and they just haven't done it. Um, You know, the turnover game was great. They still gave up 520-something yards. The Bills' offense is just as every bit as explosive as the Dolphins. They just beat the heck out of the Dolphins the week prior to playing us. Um, There's a lot of flaws on this team, guys, and it's going to start up front. If if Dexter Lawrence – and Leonard Williams don't show up in a big way, and I mean like get sacks, negative plays, tackle for losses, this will be another boat race, and the Giants will lose by 30. You know, uh, first of all, Lawrence, I, I wanted to ask you something. We were talking about Tyrod and backups. Um, you never had this with the Giants, right? I mean, you never – did you ever – you never had a backup quarterback play ever with the Giants, right? Mm-hmm. Never. I mean, did David Carr never- played one game when the playoffs were not even in question. We were already going to the playoffs, but he just got like kind of a complimentary – uh, snaps after the first quarter after Eli started kept his start start streak in, intact. But yeah, David Carr, I remember played one game for us. Played well too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's it's like it's you know. I mean, and, and look, the, the, this group this group with Daniel. I mean, Daniel starts, but you know, two years ago he had a missed time. You know, could you guys hear what Brian Dable said about Josh Allen? I mean, last week, right? We heard Brian Dable, who was with Tua Tagovailoa for one year, very complimentary about Tua, right? Very, very. And then this week, the second week in a row, I mean, tell me, it's like, you know, the, that old expression when you say, like, you know, just once I'd like, you know, some woman to look at me the way she looks at him or something like that, right? <laughs> or, or you, you, hear those, you hear those phrases, right? Paul, my wife does that every day. What do you mean? She's seeing my picture on the on the, um, on the the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. He said he reminds you of, uh, of, of your much – she said, Lawrence, he reminds me of a much, much older brother, right? <laughs> um, but how about I – mean, would you guys have players would – you, how would you have liked if this is what your head coach said about you, right? unbelievable player one of the best in the league you can put him probably in any offense he's going to produce he's exceptional at everything he can run he can throw it he can throw wherever he needs to throw it 80 yards down the field drop a dime on the move to the right put it back across his body scramble back up scramble around throw it out throw it on time special player one of the best in the league he makes you better as a play caller he's one of a kind um, we know Brian Dable likes Daniel Jones, right? But has he ever come close to gushing about his quarterback the way he gushed about Josh Allen? And, you know? No, and I think this is a way Brian Dable was kind of hyping himself up in a way, you know, because if you're looking at it, he's, he's basically saying, I did that. 
I made that machine. You know, I took that guy who that first year with Josh Allen came into the league. He was all over the place, but you saw him be able to kind of refine and clean up his game, and he's made him what he is today. So I don't. I think social media will take that and absolutely run with it. But at the end of the day, I think it's kind of Brian Dable kind of telling the the reporters, kind of telling the beat writers, like, hey. I'm still that guy. I'm still that coordinator. What do you think, Tynes? You know, and if I remember correctly, Paul, there was a moment, I watched that same interview that everyone did, where he pauses and then he goes, oh, yeah, he throws it on time, too. Do you remember that? Do you remember him saying that yesterday? You didn't include that in your quote. Um, This is a way of a coach talking to a player in a weird way. I know he, you know, some people will take it one way or the other. Uh, Brian Dable's just building up Josh Allen to chop him down on Sunday night. He wants him to be overconfident against this team. We all know Josh Allen's an elite player. We did see, though, what he can do with pressure first week of the season against the Jets. I mean, he threw the ball up three or four times. Wink's going to bring that kind of problem to him. And and listen, I don't know how many times he's went up against an offense like this, but but Josh Allen can get very, very careless with the football. Uh, He does have weapons. I can appreciate Brian Dable saying that. Uh, I'll go the other way with it. I kind of think he's talking to Daniel, which he did this, I think, last year also, where he kind of made some glowing statements about quarterbacks that they played against. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it kind of, it's kind of you know a very on-edge fan base. This is going to create a little drama today. Hopefully there will be something else said or someone else gets to play this week uh, where it takes over. But, um, yeah, that's a pretty glowing praise. Um, sounds like my wife talking about me, Paul. So, so Tynes, take that praise, and then if if Tyrod Taylor has a pretty solid game, now what? Oh, boy. Oh, well, boy. <laughs> 2015 Pro Bowler, he is 33, quite a bit older. There's a reason they signed Tyrod Taylor. But, again, they're going to have to keep him upright. I mean, he was only in there a handful of plays on, on, on Sunday, and he got dinged up. And I know they can say – he only got the wind knocked out of him, but he got hit a couple times too. Yeah. Um, where I'd like to see this game go, we'll get into some of this stuff, but I want to see this become with Ty. If Tyrod Taylor does start, guys, you have to involve. I'd love to see a Bellinger, Waller, and kind of this X Factor guy who we haven't seen. I think is a good player is Lawrence Cager, Lawrence guys. Cager. We need to get him on the field. You can make this kind of a three tight end type of matchup. You know, I don't see Tyrod throwing the deep ball to the outside guys. You gotta have to run it a little bit, which is the only thing Buffalo doesn't do very well. They do everything else very well. They did lose Milano. Uh, yeah. They've lost Tredavious White, but their interior pressure is very intense. The Ed Oliver guy, the other D tackle. Ed Oliver has four sacks from the D tackle position. The other guy has three. Um, if they can get immediate pressure, it could be curtains for the Giants early, but. I would love to see kind of a ball control type of game using the tight ends. We have three really good tight ends, and I'm including Cager in that group because I think he's a dynamic mismatch for guys, and I and hopefully they can get him involved this week. I, I like the way you're trying to control the clock, control this game, but if the Giants don't put up points with that style of offense, how quickly do you get out of that? Mm. Well, also, also don't forget – you know, you know, you're talking about, you know, it sounds great. You know, tight ends, throw to the tight ends. They need them in there to block. You know what I mean? They need Bellinger in there to block. That's, you know, I mean, I mean you 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 have the edge. You have Johnny be... Zudu and, and Evan Neal in there. So you, it's easy to say, put them all out there, throw to them. But sure. throw to who? If, but if those, are, those are shorter developing block. routes. You know what I'm saying? They're yeah. shorter okay. developing routes. I, I'm not saying, sure, can you chip on the way out? But if you've got three of them out there, right, you got to give Gray some more carries because he did look good early against the Dolphins. Yep. Um, and I think you can, you know, increase his workload this week. But I, I don't think – I think it's less of a burden on the offensive line if you're throwing to tight ends than it is throwing to the outside guys. Yeah, it helps with pass protection. Von Miller comes back as well. So there can't be too many five-step, five-step with a hitch, those type of long dropbacks. You wonder if they move the pocket with Tyrod a lot. But, again, when you move in the pocket, you're either taking away – one half of the field when it comes to route concepts or you're having to keep somebody in to block. Uh, Paul, final thoughts on the defense before we get into these storylines that's surrounding this game. Well, um, also, uh, Daquan Jones was put on IR, so Jones and Milano were both out. Yep. You know, those are two of the better wow. defensive players. You Very know, good. I mean, you know, does it help a little bit? I mean, 
it can't hurt, right? Um, yeah, you know, you know. Here, here's the thing, guys. We're talking about the Giants' defense, right? And, and we, what were we harping on with Kayvon Thibodeau last year? Well, he only had four sacks, right? You know, four sacks. Not he's got four sacks now, right? Through through five games, and we're like, okay, you know, it's it just kind of an afterthought because they're losing, and these sacks are not coming. At, you know, they're coming in losses for the most part. So it's it's not that it's unfair. This is what happens. But when when, when a team does well, little things become big things. And when a team is losing, big things become little things. And him, Kayvon playing better, right? He's definitely playing better. I mean, he's on pace for what, 12 sacks this year? I mean, would anyone be be upset with that? Uh, but they're losing. And so it's an afterthought. You know, I know when I write, you know, dot, 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 Kayvon Thibodeau had a sack. Kayvon Thibodeau had two of the Giants' sacks. I mean, the Giants have five sacks this year. Kayvon has four of them. So um, that should be recognized as a positive um, in a sea of a lot of negative. And, you know, that's just the way it is. You know, you know, Lawrence, you know, when you kicked, you know, it was always the worst thing when you said the Giants' only points came on two Lawrence Tynes field goals of 47 and 51 yards, right? Now, you're looking at that and saying, I was two for two. I had two long kicks. And everyone else is like, yeah, yeah. we stink. We only had two field goals. You know, that's what happens. That's what happens, right? I, but I, you know, what's team- funny is I heard someone say that Graham Gano, they were kind of like being mean about it, like that, he yeah. missed a 55-yarder the other day. And I'm like, man, how the world has changed. Uh, because he's made us, you know, he spoiled us quite a bit. But they got to get him closer. Um, he has kicked some. Even the other one was a 49-yarder, 49 mm-hmm. and 51 last week yeah. in Miami. That shows you how uh, bad our offense is. They just cannot move the football. So Kayvon's going to have to have himself another game. And shout-out to you, Paul, giving out flowers to Kayvon, but I, I I like that man because the kid he takes a lot of heat online. So and you, for you to say he had four sacks, I wouldn't have even known that. I wouldn't that like I'm not even. It doesn't even feel like he's had four sacks. So and, appreciate- and might I add on that real quick, Brandon? Yeah. Uh, most people have, and I said this earlier. I've never been a detractor of his. I said, look, I think he's a good player. Go look at his numbers over 18, 19 football games, eight sacks. He's got some cause fumbles, fumble recoveries. Yep. Guys, he's on par with all the top guys in the NFL. All of them. The Watts, the TJ Watts, the JJ Watts. He's, you know, obviously go look at OC and Tuck's numbers their first couple of years. Not even in Kayvon's stratosphere. So if we all fall in, fell in love with those players and are Giants greats, Kayvon's going to get there, people. Really, he is. He's going to get there. When, when these D tackles can start playing better, too, because they're not helping him out. He and also, dare I say it. Okay, dare I say it, now that I'm throwing bouquets out there, Evan Neal was not bad last week. Okay, he wasn't. He, he was not. He was not bad. I you know, to bring that up. They lost. But Evan Neal was 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 played his best game of the season. You know, after I agree, I watched the film. Terrible quotes about the fans. He backtracked. Uh, the game wasn't home. If the game was home, he probably would have been booed. And you know, people aren't. You know, he's not a running back or receiver, so you don't notice it as much. You know, it's one play. He was kind of standing in his stance, and it looked like he didn't pick up the um, you know the, the the rusher. But he did not play a bad game, so he should be. Look, I mean, they're the two first-round picks last year. They they looked fine last week. Mm-hmm. Well, shoot, since yep. we're giving flowers, Xavier McKinney. Flowers, everyone himself, gives <laughs> No Eric Flowers, but we'll give some flowers. Uh, <laughs> Xavier McKinney played a pretty strong game. So there are guys that are showing up, like you said, Paul, but it's just getting overlooked because this team continues to lose. They're 1-4 right now. If they lose this game, they fall to 1-5. Who knows What's going to happen in the future? Our colleague Paul Ryan Dunleavy wrote about how there could be some guys that get shipped on up out of here, uh, get traded, you get used as trade bait so Joe Shane can kind of rebuild this roster looking ahead for next year. Uh, Tynes, Paul, whichever one you want to go first, who, do, who are some of the names you think, if this Giants team loses, we should keep an eye on that could be shipped up out of here? And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'll let Paul go ahead. I'd love to hear well, his thoughts on this. Well, look, Saquon is is a number one, right? He's the marquee guy. Uh, Xavier McKinney would be in that category because he. You have to look at guys who don't have contracts for next okay. year. And if the Giants, they're not in our plans for next year. Maybe we can move them. You know what I mean? Um, you know, like I like Paris Campbell. You know, what I mean, he's on a one year deal, but he hasn't shown anything. So, so you know, why would a team look at him and say, you know, he can be a nice piece to our puzzle? You know, I, I I'm not buying it with Saquon because there's a couple of things. Um, 
you know, he does have what five or six million dollars left on his contract. You know, you know, prorated the rest of the season. Um, he's done nothing this year, right? He did nothing in the beginning, and then he got hurt. So um, you need to see him on the field and say, wow, he's still got it. And then we'll say, maybe we'll take a flyer on him. I could only see that of someone who's a legitimate team. You know, let's say, um, let's say the 49ers, you know, I'm not wishing an injury. Let's say something happens to McCaffrey and they say, you know what, Saquon's sitting out there. Maybe we can get him. We, we, we think we're a Super Bowl team here. Um, you know, the Chiefs, if something happens with Etienne or something like that, um, even though they're built a little differently. Um, but um, Saquon's got to play and he's got to show something. And I still don't know if they would do it because what are you going to get for him? Uh, McKinney is a guy. Um, he doesn't make a lot of money. You know, he's a second round pick in his last year of his contract. And, if, and you know, if Joe Shane looks at it and says, at this point, I'm not thinking we're going to pay him a lot of money next year. Maybe they can give him. But it, this is not, you know, this is not baseball where it happens all the time. You know, we need a left handed yeah. bat. We, we get one. We need a, you know, we need a relief pitcher. We get one. Um, you know, someone going to say we need a, a starting safety, so we'll get McKinney. I don't know, but you know, it's it's look. The, the deadline I think is Halloween. Uh, we've still got some time here, um, and and the league has done more trades than they did in the past. You know, the trade deadline in the NFL used to be the biggest non-event ever. Uh, there are some trades to be made now. Um, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I mean, uh, the Giants have what this game, which will be very difficult. Then the schedule gets a little lighter. They return home. Maybe if they can win a couple of games, they'll be thinking differently about that. Times you mentioned Leonard Williams' contract. He could be someone that goes somewhere, but it's like, what are you going to get for him? Because like you mentioned, he has zero sacks on the year. I hate to keep bringing up the same name, Xavier McKinney. Uh, uh, Paul, you did a great job breaking that situation down. I A team that I would keep an eye on for him, let's say, you know, if this does happen, the Cincinnati Bengals, if they can go on some sort of run like they've done in the years past, they lost Jesse Bates the third. Uh, they lost the, the, the other safety as well. That secondary has kind of been in shambles this year. So Xavier McKinney has kind of come along, uh, been been around the ball a lot, made a lot of open field tackles, has shown that he could cover, and uh, got the first turnover of – or caused the first turnover of the season. I see that guy being one of the guys. But obviously you want to see this Giants team make a run and, 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 and try and uh, win some of these games to keep themselves – just stay in it. Just stay around. Just play some meaningful football in November, December, and uh, give yourselves a shot. But, yeah, there are some names that Ryan Dunleavy mentioned in this article. You guys check that. go ahead and check that out. Uh, Tynes, go ahead. Uh, final thoughts on this block before I throw to Know Your Enemy. Yeah, I don't have a lot. Leonard Williams is got, making too much money. I think he's $18, 19000000 million this year. No one's going to trade for that. He's just, he's just not a productive player right now. Um, I don't know if there's an injury there. Uh, typically in the trade deadline, you're going to see these second and third tier players get moved. Maybe there's someone that someone likes that was a young player that's kind of getting some playing time. So maybe you'll see something like that. But guys, the reality is who in the hell is trading for any Giants player? They're one in four. No one's played well, be honest with you. Like not a single player on this roster outside of Okereke has played good football. Uh, you could put Pinnock and maybe Banks, the young corner in that, and Graham Gano, obviously, who were not moving, and the and the young punter. I'll go through the whole damn roster. Uh, but these guys, are, there's no one to move. Uh, nobody's going to say, hey, let's go to the Giants and, and get – plus guys are making too much money, which is a huge problem. I mean, our top ten cap hits on our team, guys, there's one player playing very well on that, on that top ten, and it's Kayvon Thibodeau. Mm. Of our top ten cap hits on this football team, one player – like I always do stat dives during the week. I did a numbers dive on the contracts. One player, let me go through a quick list. I know we're probably going over time. Here it is, one through 10. You tell me who's playing well. Leonard Williams, Adoree Jackson, Daniel Jones, Saquon, Andrew Thomas, Glowinski, Kayvon, Tyrod Taylor, Dexter Lawrence, and Evan Neal are our top 10 cap hits. Who's playing well in that group? Kayvon Thibodeau. And, and, and Thomas gets an asterisk because he's not on the field. You know what I mean? He, he, but he, but he again, guys aren't available. Right. Daniel Jones, Saquon, right. Andrew, yeah. whether they're playing well or not playing at all, yeah. that is a problem. And that's why this team is 1-4 and four and has looked as bad as they've looked. Oof, Mike drop on that one. And that's our thoughts uh, for the questions and the X's and O's going into this game and the storylines as well. Well, I got a chance to go one-on-one with Matt Perino of Syracuse.com to get the vibes up north for this Sunday night primetime matchup in this week's Know Your Enemy. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, let's break down the Giants-Bills matchup from Buffalo's side of things. I have Matt Perino, who's a Bills beat reporter for Syracuse.com, on to give us his thoughts heading into Sunday night. Matt, another primetime game for the Giants. Uh, the Bills are coming off that loss across the pond to Jacksonville. Let's start talking about the Bills' offense. They still look good. Bills' offense versus Giants' D. Is there any area of the Giants' defense that offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey, Josh Allen, and the rest of the group should be worried about? Yeah, I mean, I think when you have Kayvon Thibodeau, despite the lack of sack numbers for this team, the Giants, that is, you know, that, that's still a potential problem. And Deion Dawkins, who's been really good for the Bills at left tackle through the first month of the season, I thought felt his real first challenge and struggles last week against Jacksonville. Uh, Josh Allen, for them, did a really good job applying some pressure. Uh, Josh Allen, for the Bills, had to kind of navigate that pocket and make some things happen and it was just a disjointed effort for a bills offense that had been playing so well going into that game a bunch of three and outs to start uh four straight punts after four punts combined in their previous three games and you know the giants took the ball away last week and so that's a, an area where the bills have been really good offensively is limiting turnover since that opener against the jets when josh allen threw three picks and had the fumble that's a good way to kind of cause chaos in any kind of environment so i think the giants are going to try to get pressure wink martindale special try to turn the ball over that's really tough against this offense that i think is going to try to run the ball the giants haven't been very good against the run this season they're giving up 150 per game on the ground so that's an area where if i'm ken dorsey i'm leaning on damian harris james cook and latavius murray to get that run game going what have you seen from josh allen since that opening game where he was just a walking turnover. How has he progressed throughout this season? Yeah, I think he's settled down. He came up and came out, and this goes back to his rookie year. This isn't any, like, new storyline. There's a a side of him, they call it sugar high, Josh, that sometimes he gets in the game and tries to do – Everything, especially on you know, in a big game environment against a, a rival team. We've seen it against Kansas City in the past, and you know Baltimore in the past. It, it just has happened at times. And so I think what he tried to do is take a deep breath coming out of that game, realizing that you know he put the ball in jeopardy way too many times. And ever since, he has just been as efficient as you can be with the ball in his hands as a passer. And his decision making as a runner, he's still running when uh, it's warranted, when there's openings that the defense presents, but he's not looking to run. And to me, that's the the biggest evolution of his yeah. game into this season because you go back to previous years and it's like he is looking for the first opportunity to break, contain, get outside the pocket and attack defenses with his legs. He's not doing that this year and yeah. he's he's made some really, really impressive throws relying on his playmakers. Yeah, I call that BP on BP. Big plays on broken plays and that's something that this Bills offense has been able to do. I mean, there's a reason why this guy is on the Madden cover. Uh, let's ri- Riverside it. Let's talk about the defense. No Leslie Frazier this year, but it hasn't been a problem. The Bills' defense has still been towards the top of the NFL. Von Miller is back, Mr. And that's something I don't want to see. I don't want to see that dance. So are you expecting a big day out of Buffalo's defense? And where are they weak at? Well, right now, there's some weaknesses that have been caused by injuries. And in the middle, Daquan Jones playing as good as football as anybody in the league through the first month uh, at the defensive tackle position. He's out for the foreseeable future with a pec injury. They lost all pro linebacker last week, Matt Milano, to a fractured leg. And then a week before that, all pro cornerback Tredavious White, who was just starting to kind of get back to the yeah. guy that he was before the injury, goes out and tears his Achilles. So those are three top-notch defensive players that – 
now the Bills are without. And so I feel like you're talking about the Bills maybe getting the Giants at the best time in a get-right game. You're probably getting this defense at the best time as they try to fill a couple of voids that have been created. Lucky for Buffalo, you mentioned Von Miller's back. Ed Oliver, fresh off of that new contract extension this offseason, has been magnificent. We're starting to finally see the version of Oliver that Brandon Bean was hoping for when he made him a top 10 draft pick back in 2019. You know, Greg Rousseau missed last week their young, impressive defensive end. Uh, he's trending in a good direction. Practice yesterday during a walkthrough. We'll see what goes on today. But, you know, the Bills have playmakers at all three levels. Terrell Bernard has actually been this unbelievable breakout story. Uh, he's come in and, and been every bit what Tremaine Edmonds was last year and over the last couple of years, maybe even more in his ability to play against the run, cover in uh, against the pass. He's been really good. And then they have those all pros in the back end, like a Hyde and Jordan Boyer. Yeah, you talk about that Bills defensive line. They're doing a great job getting after, and they're going against a Giants offensive line that's allowed 30 sacks this season. Uh, it's not looking good for Daniel Jones to be playing in this game with the sore neck. You guys are going to see Tyrod, or you could potentially see Tyrod Taylor uh, make his way back up there to uh, Buffalo to play against you guys. That's going to be something to be pretty interesting to watch, that Giants offense versus the Bills defense. Uh, put on your Sean McDermott hat, man. Let's, let's make you to the Bills head coach right now. What are, you telling, what are you telling your team in terms of not falling and not biting the cheese and falling into this trap game? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think that Sean, over the course of his career, he's done a really good job managing that part of head coaching and that is getting his guys ready to play you know in different spots they don't tend to you know play down to competition over the course of his tenure and so i think you got to go in there and say listen this is a chance to work on a lot of things it's a defense that if you turn the tape back to last season was pressuring the quarterback was turning the ball over they something that they did a little bit more last week against a really high-powered miami dolphins offense and if you let them you know, there's a there's a storyline developing on the other side. Brian Dable, his big return back to Buffalo. You know, not only was he the offensive coordinator here, but he's a Western New York kid. He grew up uh, right down uh, uh, in West Seneca. There, uh, he's a local guy. He still, you know, keeps in contact with a bunch of players on the Bills. Josh Allen mentioned it this week. How close they are. You don't want the guy that was, you know, your offensive coordinator. If you're Sean McDermott coming into town and and spoiling it and putting, putting you at three and three in a division where it seems like Miami is off to the races yep. here. So I, I think they'll do a good job of that. They don't overlook opponents. And, you know, Tyrod Taylor is a guy that could, he could come in here on one given week, make plays with his, his arm and his legs. And, you know, Bills fans saw it back in 20, uh, what is it, 2017. Now, yep. Went to the playoffs. Yeah, Brian Dable, Joe Shane, Tyrod Taylor, Isaiah Hodgins, all hopping up in the F-150 uh, to make their way up uh, to Buffalo Sunday night. Should be a good one. Let's hope so. Uh, Matt, thanks for joining us, my man. Thanks for having me, buddy. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, thanks for that, Matt. Uh, They're not taking this game lightly up there in Buffalo, not trying to bite the cheese and make this into some sort of trap game. So uh, it was good to hear his thoughts on this uh, upcoming game coming up Sunday night, primetime football. All right, let's get to the predictions, prop bets and over-unders for this game. It's hard to do the player prop bets from the Giants' side of things because we're still trying to figure out which playmaking starters are in or out for Sunday. So let's talk about it from the Bills' side of things. Uh, We didn't talk – we didn't go in deep about some of the playmakers on this team, so I'm glad we got to do it for the player props bets. Uh, Paul, I'll start with you. Stefan Diggs. Diggsy, 89.5 receiving yards over under. Go. All right. Uh, Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen um, have 13 touchdowns in primetime games since 2020. Ooh. That's the most of any quarterback wide receiver duo in the league. Um, it's primetime. Last I checked, Sunday night. Stefan Diggs, 89.5. I will go over. Uh, Deontay Banks, the rookie, has played well. 
you know, I think he's played well. But, um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm encouraged by him. But 89.5 for Diggs, um, yeah, I think that's an over. Tines. Yeah, this is a bad matchup for the Giants. I mean, because, you know, Diggs will line up in the slot quite a bit too, which who knows who's going to guard him from there. But over over 100 yards in four of his five games, uh, I think he goes over 89.5. So he's going to eclipse the 100-yard mark against this secondary, even though Banks has played well. I just don't trust any of the other guys back there. Yeah, he's one of the top five receivers in this league. I'm going to go over as well, over a buck 20 out there in London. Uh, he continues to show up. He demands the ball. And a, a lot of the things, it's not even the downfield throws that, that scare me the most. It's when he runs those little stop routes, those curl routes, and he gets the separation. He breaks tackles, and he just gets north to south. He's so quick. His yak is very effective for this offense. Over under 89 and a half yards receiving. I'm going over on this one. All right, we got Gabe Davis, receiver two, 45 and a half yards receiving over under times. You know, I'm going to go under here. Uh, I know he had 100 yards last week against Jacksonville, but I really think this will be a matchup for Banks most of the game. I think they're, you know, they're going to move Diggs around quite a bit. I think Banks gets to see Gabe Davis a lot and shows why he was a first-round pick. I'm going to go under. Paul? You know, I had under written down, um, but I'm going to go over because I'm looking at that 45.5, and I'm like, yeah, that's not that much. He averages 17, almost 18 yards a catch. Yep. So you don't need a lot of a lot of, you know, a lot of catches, a lot of targets to get that. Um, you know, the Giants give up big plays. Look, last week it was different. Last Well, there was there was one over the top, and there's a lot of short stuff that went long. Uh, the the Bills will will do both. They'll throw it long and short on you. Um, all it takes is one big play for Gabe Davis to get close to that, and so I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over as well. Four touchdowns in the last four games. He scored in uh, a touchdown at least uh, in every game of the last four games. One thing about Josh Allen, guys, he does a great job of extending the play. And once he extends the play as a receiver, you know you've got a chance for a big play. He'll chuck it down the field. And Gabe Davis has done a great job coming down with that 50-50 ball. So 45 and a half, I'm going to go over on that. He can get that in one catch alone. Uh, the Giants are going to have their hands they're going to have their hands full with digs, but they need to keep an eye on Davis as well. Let's go to the run game. James Cook, who was on my fantasy, 52 and a half yards rushing over under. Paul? I'm going to say over. I'm going to say over. Um, uh, he averages nearly five yards a rush. Um, you know, Giants are nothing special against the run, certainly. Um, you know, I, I think the Bills want to throw it. They want to throw it. They want to throw it. But um, he gives them some balance. Um, it's not a big number over for me. Times. This is what running backs do when they know they're playing the Giants. Uh-oh. This is a get-right game. Uh-oh. Minus four last week, actually. Minus four last week in against Jacksonville. Not a good game. Only 29 the week before. It's not like this guy's on some tear. But, again, it's the G-men coming to town. So, guess what? He goes for well over this number, well over this number. They cannot stop the run, and until they do, I'll pick any number against the the, the 49, <laughs> what is it, 52 and a half, for God's sakes. He might have that at halftime. So if I say 75 and a half, would you go over under? Yes. Keep uh-huh. going. One play the game. 101. Keep... 101. Yes. 120. Yes. 120. Yes. A chain. 127 is what he's going for. 127. We're going to write Remember that, that down. 127. We're, we're going to write that down. Hey, ah, so now you're saying I should start him from a fantasy. I don't want to start him this game. Uh, I'm going wow. to go. What? Against this defense? Who, who else you got, Brandon? Who else Come you got? Come on. Travis Etienne. Can you start both? Flex? I don't, I don't know, know how it works. I, I don't play fantasy. I, I, I might have to play him, Times. I might have to play him on this one. Do I, it. I was gonna you go, won't be wrong. I, I was going to go under on this one because I see Josh Allen being the one who hurts this Giants defense with his legs. You guys are saying how they like to throw the ball. They could go quick game. They could go over the top. But you see when Josh Allen gets crazy legs and he gets himself out of the pocket, he has no, he, he, he has no fear to take off and make a no. big play with his legs. So I think Josh Allen is going to be the one that hurts him in the run game. And let's move on to Josh Allen in the pass game. 263.5 yards passing over under Tides. Over, way over. 
Last two games, guys, 320 and 359. Last time I checked, the Giants can't get pressure. They can't sack the quarterback in a hostile environment. They play very well at home. And, oh, by the way, they average, average 43 points a game at home. Mm. Well over 263.5. Come on. Paul. All right, I'm going to go under, and I'm going to explain why. Okay, last week, last week they were behind in London, right? So they had a throw. Um, two weeks ago, they were playing the Dolphins and knew they had to put up a lot of points. I don't think in this game the um, the Bills are going to be pressured and feel like, man, we got to we got to put on a show here. We got to put on a show. We got to score a lot of points. I think they'll be in control of the game. They'll be leading in the game, and Josh Allen will be able to manage the game. And so he'll put up his two fifty. They'll he'll run for some yards. Um, you know, uh, Cook will run for some yards, and it will not have to be a big uh, pyrotechnic show. So I'm going to go under. I'll probably regret it, but I'm going to go under. I'm going to go over on this one. Uh, if the Giants don't put up at least 17 points by halftime, it's going to get ugly. And then, then it becomes a stat game, and they're just going to start winging it, chucking it. They don't, th- they don't run the ball that much. That's not their DNA. They'll go RPO, quick game. But I just see Josh Allen, uh, they're going to use this game to get him into the Pro Bowl, keep him in the MVP race, whatever it is they have to do, and try and get him out healthy. But uh, two fi- 263 and a half, he can throw that in the first half alone. Uh, Times you, you, what would you say was the, the the amount of points that they average at home? Forty three at home. All right, two so home games. Total points over under forty four and a half. I think I know where you're going with this one, Times. I'm actually going under. Oh, I'm going under here because the Giants' offense averages eleven points a game. So I'm going to go under. I know that was two big games, like Paul mentioned, a big game against the Dolphins. Uh, I'm going to go under here. I still think, obviously, the Bills win handedly, but I'm going to go under because I just don't think the Giants' offense will score many points. Paul. I like Brandon when you said the Bills are going to use this game as uh, you know to, to get Josh Allen to the Pro Bowl. What is this Murray State here? What is this? Um, you know, the Racers, just, the uh, Murray State Racers. UMass. So, 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 so yeah, no, you said UMass, not me. What they just is this a are the Bills paying the Giants to come lose this game? You know, oh, they're man. giving them lunch and Possibly. paying them pay to come. Um, uh, total points forty four and a half. Um, I'm going over because the Giants can't score a lot of points. You know what I mean? So um, I don't think necessarily the Bills going to score forty, but I think the um, um, It'll be, it'll be. I mean, I was, I was thinking of this like 44 and a half. I'm gonna go under, and then I said, no, 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 because the Giants can't score a lot. That's why I was going with the under, but then I said, no, no, Bills will score enough to make it an over. I really do. I think it's gonna be, you know, I think they'll be like around 50 points scored in this game, and um, the Giants Mm. will not have most of them. I could see like 34 13, something like that, which in my math adds up to 47, which is higher than 44 and a half, you know. I was thinking 39, like our, like the high, mid to high 30s to nine points for the Giants, three Graham Gano field goals. Uh, so I'm going to go mm. over with this one as well. Uh, I want Tyrod yeah. Taylor to do well. I want to get the ball in the end zone. But right now, like my dad used to tell me as a kid, I'm like Missouri, the show-me state. Giants offense is going to have to show something on this one. All right, let's get to these predictions and final thoughts. Uh, we're going to end with the final kick with time. So, Paul, predictions, final thoughts. Give these guys your pregame speech. Go. Well, they're not going to want a pregame speech from me. Um, I, I said, look, you know, you know what? When I do my when I do my figuring out about the final score, you know, I, I've I've been doing normal scores, 17, 21, and then I'm thinking, no, I have to put in more field goals. You know what I mean? Because that's what the Giants do. They kick a lot of field goals. So I think, you know, um, a touchdown and two field goals gives me 13, right? So that's what I'm thinking. 34, 13. Um, I just don't see. I just don't see the Giants marshalling, you know, the troops here and, and having a good game. You know, Tyrod Taylor, you know, Tyrod might be better than Daniel. You know, Daniel hasn't been good, but um, we'll see. You know, there's some rust factor. Um, we asked him, do you um, um, is it good that you played in a lot of these games now? He said, no, it doesn't mean anything. You know, you know, I, I'm, I have to be ready to go whether I play or not. Um, look, does, does the world need to see the Giants in prime time again? You know, I mean, the, the Bills under Sean McDaniel are 4-0 in their last four Sunday night games. The Giants are abysmal in primetime. Um, so, you know, I mean, luckily after this is only one more primetime game for the Giants. You know, they can get better and a little healthier moving forward, but not this week. 
Uh, if I'm going to tell this team, I'm, uh, if I'm going to talk to this team, I'll tell them win, lose, or draw, you're always getting evaluated in the NFL from when you walk into the build, Quest Diagnostics Training Center to when you leave that building. There's always someone looking to take your job or to try and give you a job, to take your money or to pay you. So you're constantly being evaluated on how you're competing, how you're carrying yourself. The world doesn't think you can win this game, but that doesn't matter. Any given Sunday, any given Sunday night, a game can be won. So when you go up there, let's say the Giants do lose this game. If you're a guy like Xavier McKinney, uh, 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 Leonard, uh, Leonard Williams, uh, Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau, you have to show up and you have to put good things on tape uh, to keep going forward. If you're one of those guys who could possibly be traded out of here, you're playing for the playoffs. Whether it's playoffs with this team or if you get traded to a playoff contender, you're playing to try and 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 and, and get yourself up to speed, keep yourself healthy, and be playing good football heading into the playoffs or whichever team that you play play for. This is another big evaluation game, so you have to put your best foot forward. That's all we can give you right now. It's you guys against the world. You're going to have to prove it to everybody on Sunday Night Football. Tynes, kick us home. Yeah, no props this week, unfortunately. Uh, you know, I've kind of lost my mojo with all the losses piling up. Third straight game against the top-scoring offenses in the league. San mm. Francisco, our Dolphins are one, Niners are two, Bills are three. Not a good recipe, and it's on national TV. I still am holding out a little bit of hope for this team, guys. I just mm -hmm. don't think they're as bad as they've shown us. I really don't. I really don't think they're this bad. Um, now they're going to have to go play better, and I don't care if they lose on Sunday against the Bills. They're supposed to lose. I just want to see them play better. Take care of the the quarterback. I don't care who's playing quarterback. Just take care of them a little bit better. Punting is not bad. You know, turnovers are bad. Sacks are bad. Um, but go just put something on the field on the product uh, on the field that's that's. Giants fans will leave a little bit of uh, a little warm, fuzzy feeling maybe after this game and think if we get Saquon back, we get Andrew Thomas back. So um, I'm going to say, look, they lose 31-10. Uh, that's not even going to be a game. My dog is barking. I'm sure everyone can hear that. <laughs> we want the W, but we'll take an H for hope. We just want hope. All right. Uh, since Tynes, Tynes' dog's barking in the background, you know what that means. That's a wrap on our week six episode of Blue Rush. Do us a favor. Keep hitting that subscribe button to Blue Rush Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever or whenever you get your podcast. Make sure to follow the New York Post Sports and SNY YouTube channels for all the videos of Blue Rush as well. New episodes of the show drop Monday morning following Giants games and Thursdays previewing the week ahead. For Lawrence Tynes, Brandon London, Paul Schwartz, We'll catch you guys on another episode of Blue Rush.